previously on Exiled. The team got back from their last mission, and now everybody's getting some time to relax. But a mysterious crinkle has found its way into Sam Summer's life? Let's find out what happens this week on Exiled. Kaylee, I play the teenage time-traveling X-Man Jean Grey from the 60s. And I'm Luke, your Game Master. Uh, So things were a bit weird when he got back to uh, the Panopticon. Uh, Sam had mentioned Jubilee was there, and how did you respond? Uh, Surprise. Because it's a name I've heard before, but... What is she doing in Sam Summer's world, and why is she saying hello to me? Oh, well, like, uh, what text would you have sent? Ooh, texts from a teenager from the 1960s. Uh, probably a lot of exclamation points and confused smiley faces and an accidental, like, poop emoji. It's very unintentional, but how do phones work? Yeah, so... Sam is like, oh, no, I'm just uh, hanging out with my friend from the Institute. And her name's Jubilee? Well, that's her rad skateboarding name. Well, it does sound like a rad skateboarding name. Why? What's up? Um, I don't know exactly. There used to be a Jubilee, I think, here on the Panopticon, but I never met her. Ah, well, didn't you meet Jubilee while you were here? Did I? No. No. I don't think so. Huh, that's weird. Well, uh, G-T-G-T-T-Y-L. Uh, lots of heart emojis. She also sends back some heart emojis. Aw. And so, as you, like... I'm figuring you probably text a few times today. Yep. It's been a few days. You've had your uh, D&D game with choir, which you can listen to if you back the Patreon. Um, Things have sort of been getting even weirder. Like she keeps referencing things that are suddenly major parts of her life that you do not remember at all. Hmm. Well, that's odd. Is this stuff I just don't remember, or...? No, it's like she had been going to the Future Foundation, but now she keeps referencing the Institute, and that's where she's been going for years. And there's a bunch of other just, like, students who she'd never mentioned before and teachers she never mentioned before. Hmm. Been in this exiled business long enough to know that's probably not just a case of simple rebranding. Definitely not. Hmm. 
And so would you have asked like any questions of things that you knew about that she should know about? Asking Sam or Jubilee? Asking asking Sam. You don't have Jubilee's number. Okay. So who's at this who's the staff at this institute? Uh it's uh Charlie Xavier and there's a uh, Mr. Monroe. Oh, uh, and, did, uh, did they take over from the Future Foundation? The who? Gasp. Hmm. Oh, uh, just uh, some people from the Panopticon, you know. Time, travel, space, jumping. Nah. Don't worry. <laughs> but I am secretly worried. She can't see because we're texting. So, yeah, where do you want to head? Hmm. I guess I should probably go see choir, right? Mm-hmm. I think this with great reluctance, but I'll go do it. So when you get to the teleportation room... Wire is not there. Hmm. Do you leave a note? Not really. Got my hands on my hips like typical. Now you do. Jean would remember that when she had the therapy with the uh, with choir, he had a small office set up next to the Mexican restaurant. Yes. Jean would remember that. And uh, so do you want to head there or do you want to look for clues? Okay. So you get to the like very New Englandy cottage type building, which is next to the large Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm. And there is like one person inside working at the desk. Uh, Is a doctor choir here? Kamala Khan turns and looks at you and she's definitely been crying. She looks very angry. And as you ask that question, she gets just furious with you. She's like, what the hell are you doing in here? Uh, I'm here to see Quentin Quire. This is his office, right? He did used to work here, yes. And now he's drinking somewhere because of you and your stupid team. Well, that checks out. (sighs) Any idea if he's coming back anytime soon? No. We broke up, and I'm not going to be managing his life when he just destroys it to try and get you all to like him. Okay. Well... That's between you guys. He became a Phoenix host for you. He subjected himself to a scientific experiment. And we paid him back. We played Dungeons and Dragons with him. She pauses for a moment and you see a vein start to pulse on her forehead that comedically grows really large. And then she just takes a breath. She says, yeah, 
that's the sort of stuff where you were taking advantage of him. Well, I suppose that's a difference of opinion. I suppose it is. And I suppose you should be looking elsewhere for whatever you need choir for. <sighs> sure thing. So where do you head? Um, can I sneak around back and telekinetically break into his office? See if there are any clues. Uh, there's only really the front door to get in. Um, can I do sort of a telepathic illusion that I leave and then I just sneak in? Uh, yeah. Uh, you can roll me a check to, uh, make... Kamala think that you are leaving. Ooh, a 91. Uh, yeah. Uh, so she looks and sees you or your illusion leave and then gets back to work. Mm. And so like this one story cottage, there's the front of it. There's a bathroom on the left side there's a door on the right side and then leading further back past sort of the office space is the kitchen slash a small coffee shop. Mm -hmm. So is there anything clue-like in the vicinity? Um, roll me a reason check. Or no, roll me an intuition check. Oh, I got a 54, so that's in the green. Okay, you can ask me two specific questions. Hmm. Let's see. Do I want to just ask where choir is, or do I want to see if there's anything specific related to Sam's dimension? Well, I, I don't think that you'd have an easy way of finding out the answer to either of those here. Hmm. I'm stroking my chin thoughtfully. So would, it, would it have been better to break into his Panopticron office and see if there were clues there? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing stopping you from heading back there. Okay. So you head over to the um, Panopticon base where he normally has his stuff and he sends you. And he has a large like projector that has sheets with everybody and the teams that they're currently on. There's a bunch of like messages uh, from people asking for help or like asking for check-ins or how they can get back. And um, yeah, what I will say is I'm going to open up the old dungeon world sheet because I like how they do the moves here for like investigating. If you don't have specific things that you want to ask. For. Okay. And I mean, that's partially what I've been taking the uh, moves from. Scrolling, scrolling. Okay, so it wouldn't be about lore. Ah, so you can ask what happened here recently? What is about to happen? What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? Who is really in control here? Or what here is not what it appears to be? Those are good questions. Mm -hmm. They're very open. 
Oh, thank you for writing them down. Yes. What here is useful or valuable to me? So there is a like a book that Quire has written as far as controlling the Panopticon as something that his boss it's something that the Enchantress asked him to write, where he started taking Forge's notes that Forge really didn't write out, and then like through experimenting, Quire has like detailed them more. Hmm. And so if there's something specific that you want to do, you can look it up in here. Okay, like, um, could I look up if anything's happened to Sam's dimension recently? Like after our brush with the Celestial and Sinister's dimension? Uh, yeah. So you're looking if there have been any major timeline shifts in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you head over to the computer. You're able to use the book. Roll me a reason check. Uh, 79, so that's just barely in the yellow. Okay. So you can either ask me two of the questions off of that list, or if you have a more specific question, you can do that. What happened here recently? The way that you're able to look at this timeline is... You can back it up. You can see the point where your team had entered. Mm -hmm. But that has sort of been fractured off as a timeline. And it is shifting out of the universe because something happened further up on the timeline. So the changes that you had made to this universe are being undone because somebody went earlier in the timeline. And so... The way that you interacted with the universe is quickly being undone. Oh, so is it like a fading from the McFly family photograph kind of situation? Yeah. Gasp. Um, so someone went back in the timeline. Mm-hmm. Would that be a who's really in control here question? Oh, uh, yeah. No, that'd be a very good use of that. So you can see the point that it got intersected and there is a figure wearing a dark blue suit who you see like there's the point where they come into the timeline and mix things up and they walk up to Mistress Sinister, who you'd remember, and she gets ripped in half. Damn. And this would have happened maybe 20 years before your team ever came into the universe. Oh, wow. And so, like, putting things together, Mistress Sinister is the one who had worked with uh, the uh, Madeline Pryor-type clone to stop Earth from interacting with aliens and did the massive global-scale brainwashing. Mm. Damn, is this going to have to be a save Sinister kind of situation? It might be. I mean, you can always go back to the universe and try and start a relationship with this iteration of Sam Summers, but she may be very different than the one that you knew. Hmm. Well, I definitely want to save the Sam Summers I know. So that means that you're going to be going back to the before times. Yeah, I guess so, and deal with another one of those... Great sinisters that are always out to harvest my DNA. That's always fun and comfortable. 
Mm-hmm. So is there anything that you want to grab before this, or are you just grabbing like your normal equipment? Um, let me just refresh myself with all the cool stuff I've got. Hell yeah, Goblin Blade. Um, I think that's a pretty good haul. Okay. So, yeah. I'll just say that you're able to bring everything that you have with you. Is there anything else that you want to grab or look around for? Uh, Inquire's office. Yeah. Hmm. Like, what kind of stuff does he have lying around? I mean, he's got boxes of stuff that look sort of similar to capsules that were previously in the fantasy gachapon knockoff that they had been doing. Hmm. So, like, he probably wouldn't notice if you grabbed one of them. But on the other hand, like, Choir is also a pushover which has affected his one healthy relationship. Yeah, I do kind of feel bad about the way I blow off Kamala, so I'm going to be nice-ish to Choir and not steal his shit. Aw. Okay, so you're able to get the programming to go into the universe that you want to go into and it will be sending you far enough in the past to interact and hopefully stop whoever kills Sinister. Anything else you want to do before leaving? Um, I'll leave a note just in case choir any of the team come by and wonder where I am. Okay. What does your note say specifically? Um, Went to Sam Summers' timeline, crazy time travel shenanigans afoot, trying to save future, uh, hope Sinister doesn't clone me. (laughs) That's all I can ever hope for. Please stop cloning me, Sinisters. (laughs) Hope I don't get erased by a time vortex. Hopefully you don't get eaten by a giant Galactus head. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And uh, so you leave your note and you uh, put in the coordinates and you are teleported back into the sort of 70s slash 80s of this universe. So there's both disco and punks just walking the street everywhere, like people in full on polyester suits and also people in uh, ripped up black leather vests mm. with mohawks. Is that Classic Chris Claremont aesthetic. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. And so you have landed outside of Essex Laboratories over in the Bronx. And it's a, like, sort of unobtrusive uh, lab building. The rest of the neighborhood doesn't look that good. Hmm. So I guess I approach it. Oh, it's just a building. I mean, there's a front door you can go into. All right. So inside is a nice looking blonde woman, glasses, and she greets you. Hello, welcome to Essex Laboratory. How can I help you? Um, yes. Is Dr. Essex in? Ah, yes, she is. Uh, Do you have an appointment with her? Yes. Uh, What is your name? She holds up a uh, clipboard. 
I'm just going to mentally roll the dice that this still means something in this timeline. Uh, Jean Grey? Uh, oh, yes. Here's a J. Grey. Uh, go on in. She should be expecting you. Right. And I just kind of strut on in like I know what I'm doing. Mistress Sinister is in there. She's wearing a lab coat and she's currently just looking at a bunch of cages full of rats. And she turns and looks at you and she says, Ah, yes. How may I help you? Uh, my name is Jean Grey and, well, your life is in danger. Where do you come from? <sighs> this is probably going to sound crazy, but I'm from an alternate past, which is also another alternate universe's future. I'm not from around here. Fascinating. Well, I assure you I am in no such danger. Well... I am just a simple scientist. The thing about coming from the future is that you can see what's happened in the past and... I saw someone in a blue suit literally rip you in half. That seems unlikely. When did it happen? It will happen. Hmm. She uh, looks at you and she says, Well, I would rather not be murdered. And you are not wearing a blue suit, so... I suppose we can stay in here for now. And that is when a portal opens up and out steps a horrifying looking horse faced man in a blue suit. Blue suit. Who says, all right, Sinister, you're going down. And um, yeah, roll me a, a recognition check. 75. Uh, yeah, so you recognize, uh, her, or, well, you recognize this person to be a inverted version of, uh, Beta Ray Betty, who you know from the opposing roller derby team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, here, she does not have a Mjolnir and is instead wearing a costume that seems to have the Union Jack on it. That's a look. Mm-hmm. And so as he comes out of the portal, he moves over to Sinister. What do you do? I throw up a telekinetic shield between Better Ray Betty and Sinister. Oh, this is a uh, Beta Ray oh, Britain. Beta Ray Britain. Oh my god, yes. Do the same thing. Uh, yeah, roll for that shield. That is right in the yellow. Yeah, so you put the shield up and they, like, hit the shield and are unable to attack Sinister. And that is when a second different portal opens up and out comes this long, sleek, flying motorcycle. And on it is a, another character dressed in blue with a large helmet over their head. And they say, Time Variance Authority, you're both under arrest. This feels like the perfect time for a wacky sitcom commercial break. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun. Classic time police. So you've got Beta... Uh, so you've got Beta Ray Brit and this new time variance authority 
member and you you ran into a time variance authority member before during the uh plan to move earth uh they arrested the other time traveler who was there mm-hmm. but beyond that you haven't really encountered them before okay and uh they turn and look at you and say gene gray and beta ray bill aka beta ray brit you are both under arrest for threatening to disrupt the timeline. Well, technically, I was trying to protect the timeline. I was trying to stop Union uh, Jackalope over there. Well, I'll be the judge of that and the jury and the executioner. And they hit a button on their bike, on their hop cycle. And they launch off a pair of missiles at you. That seems like overkill. Uh, yeah. Uh, luckily, they aren't the fastest things. So you get to roll a uh, quick responsive action. Ooh, 87. All right. So that is enough. Uh, how are you trying to get out of the way? So they're just like firing missiles in this lab we're all still in. Uh, at you. At me. But we're still in this lab setting, like in the middle of a city. Yeah. Yeah. How can I deflect those without like accidentally blowing up Sinister or the city? Um, can I telekinetically diffuse the missiles from within? Render them useless? Yeah. So they basically go, but the detonator is turned off. And so they just leave dents as they sail past you in the uh, wall that they hit. Okay. Woo! Criff! All right. Well, you'll be in jail of the time jail of the time variance authority soon enough. And uh, roll me a agility check as your initiative. Ooh, a 94. Everything's finally coming up Millhouse. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you are up first here. So there are two actively hostile uh, people towards you and also Sinister. Okay. I'm going to focus on Better Ray Brit. Mm-hmm. That's the person who interfered, he interfered with the timeline, though. No. Whatever with the Judge Dread guys. Um, so is Beta Ray Beta armed that we can see? He does not have a hammer, but you don't know if that means anything. Very buff, though. Mm-hmm. And does he have visibly some kind of device that opened up that time portal on him? Uh, no, not that you can see. Hmm. But you have heard people mention before that there are ways to travel between universes without needing portals. Well, that's good work if you can get it. Mm-hmm. And Gene would remember that the person who had that was Broad Oak. Uh-huh. Um, can I throw the inhibitor bracelets on him? Uh, Yeah. I believe you have one inhibitor bracelet. So you're going to just like try and 
psychically attached to him. Yeah. Okay, that is going to be a minus three column shift because it's going to be difficult to hit a moving target who does not want something that you're trying to throw onto him on. That would shift like from amazing to remarkable. From amazing to excellent. Math is hard, guys. Okay, 63, so still in the green with the column shift. Okay, uh, yeah. So you get it on them, and you see their very, very buff muscles start to shrink back as they uh, return to their original form. Because people forget that, like, Beta Ray Bill's race is not all horse people. I did forget that. Thank you for the reminder. Exiled. Reminding things. And that is your turn. Sinister takes a look at this and she is going to uh, run over to a machine on the side and start activating it. And then it is Justice Peace's turn. And Justice Peace is like, using the tools of the law against the law. And interfering with the law. Get you a life sentence. A life of being murdered. And uh, they are going to uh, go to uh, activate something on their bike as they also pull out a large futuristic shotgun at you. So they shoot two more missiles at you. And it happens fast enough this time that you are taking 20 damage from those, and then uh, the shotgun blasts you for an additional 10 damage. Yay! But you do have that armor on. So that armor is going to be blocking all of that. And Justice Peace comments, looks like I'll have to use even more lethal methods. And then it's back to your team, Gene. Or it's back to your turn, Gene. Oh, wait, wait, no. It's Beta Ray Britt's turn. Uh, Beta Ray Britt is going to try and remove the power inhibitor, and it fails. They are unused to clasps. So now it is your turn. Okay. <sighs> Look, War and Peace, or whatever your name is, I'm trying to stop this guy from altering the timeline. I'm not the real threat here. Doesn't matter why you broke the law, you still broke it. Oh man, so it's one of these guys, huh? I think to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lawful stupid. Very much so. So is he still shooting missiles at me? Uh, Yeah, and he also still has oh, yes. the weapon pointed at you. Um, I throw a box of DVDs at him. No, wait. <sighs> Got a shotgun pointed at my face. I use a force bolt to knock it out of his hand. To uh, knock the shotgun out of his hand? Right. Sure. Roll to do it. Okay, that's in the green. So you knock it out of his hand, but there is a recoil, so he immediately gets it back into his hand. Damn it. And this is why Gene doesn't read British comics. 
And so uh, it's Sinister's turn now, and Sinister opens up a portal, and out comes something that you had uh, maybe forgotten about, Nastir, the uh, demon. And it looks around and says, The plan is not yet ready, Sinister. Why do you summon me? Because they're trying to kill me now. I'd rather not be dead. And so Nastier will be moving on Sinister's turn. And Justice Peace is going to take another two blasts at you. I mean, that is the problem with having turned off uh, Beta Ray Brit's powers. Really? He's still going to shoot at me and not the demon that just came through a portal? Demon hasn't attacked him yet. I just tried to disarm him. Okay, so this time the missiles come at you, and there are two of them doing you 60 each, so you are taking a total of 40 damage. But he does miss with the gun this time. Apparently, your telekinetic whammy has jammed something up in it. Well, thank goodness for that. I only just got shot by missiles. Mm Mm-hmm. And then on Brit's turn, he is going to try and take it off again and fails the exact same level. Just very bad at clasps. Like he has rolled five for both of those checks so far. Oh, that's like me rolling at the D&D game. Yeah. Okay, so that means that it is your turn again. Okay. There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, I'm going to use the power horn to try to just steal energy damage at uh, War and Peace from Beloved Movie Sky High. <laughs> okay. Roll for that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, roll agility to hit, and then roll for damage if it hits. Okay, there's a 50 in the green, so it hits, and damage, that's a 61. Okay, so yeah, he takes a reasonable amount of damage from that he does have all that body armor on for a reason though and he just swears again crap and yeah do you make any comment while doing that or any witty one-liner uh griff is not a real word word what is it griff 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 okay let me redo the one Criff is not a real word. So, uh, Sinister, meanwhile, in the corner has Nastier going to attack, and Nastier is sensing your psychic powers and is, you know, interested in attacking you, unfortunately. Damn it! And is going to uh, try and zap you with an Eldritch Blast, which is not going to... Wait. Will that Eldritch Blast connect? Uh, yes, just barely for... Well, uh, that is going to be 20 damage going past your armor because it is magic. So, is that 60 damage? Uh, yeah, I'm marking it on your sheet. My sheet. 
Sinister, meanwhile, goes to handle some technology. Justice Peace is like, oh, no, you've got muty muties here, too. And is going to take an attack at Odd Nastier. And uh, hits Nastier for a bunch of damage uh, with missiles. And is also going to, oof, uh, critically hit uh, Nastier uh, with the scatter gun, which is now working again. I have marginally conflicted feelings because he's a racist. Stay out in the wasteland, muty muty. And then it is Brit's turn, and let's see if they have luck. No, they rolled a four that time. Uh, they are still struggling with this band. Like, they are rolling on the ground trying to get it off. And that means that it is your turn again, Jean. <sighs> okay, so... Nastereth? I, I can never figure out how his name is pronounced. Nastier. Nastier. Jackson, if you're nasty. Nastier. Um... Okay, fuck that guy, first of all, for attacking me when I'm trying to save his partner's life. Um, so I'm going to try to set him on fire. Okay. With my pyrokinesis. Yep, that's just going to be a pyrokinesis check. Okay, that is 68. That is in the green. Mm. So you throw fire and Nastir catches on fire but does not seem very bothered by it. On their turn, they are going to use their magic of fire control to cause that fire to expand and film a circle around them, knocking Sinister or keeping Sinister locked out of the ring. And so it's just you, Nastir, Justice Peace, and Beta Ray Brit who are in here now. You thought the fires would burn me, but I come from hell. Yeah, probably not. And, yeah. And that's when Justice Peace is like, if you come from hell, then I'm sending you back. Hop cycle. Explosion mode. And he jumps off the hop cycle and it zooms into nastier uh roll me an agility check at a minus three. Oh, okay that's a 92 so i still did good <laughs> you got a 92 yeah okay so the good news is you only take half damage yay the bad news is that is a base of 100 damage or that is a base of 200 damage so you're only taking a base of 100, which I believe means you only take 60. Wouldn't it be funny if I just die this episode? <laughs> no, because then he'd just come back as the Phoenix Force and fuck everybody up. <sighs> it's like when Nemesis just like crashed that pan and died. <laughs> <laughs> the golf cart. Uh, good news is, though, uh, Beta Ray Brit. Did not have any fire resistance. And so Beta Ray Brit is dead. <laughs> and I will give you an option. You can either have something 
good happen, but something bad happens as well, or or have no especially good things or bad things happen. Oh, that's a tough one because I feel like I'm already in like the solo episode equivalent of that community gift with Donald Clover in the apartment with everything's on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, are the good and the bad things on equal level of goodness and badness? Yes. Oh, this is a toughie. Because I already got one Ted. Mm-hmm. But not the one that you're actively fighting. Right. And Justice Peace did blow up his bicycle, so he's going to be less of a threat now. Right. Well, this is a role-playing game. We should try to keep it interesting, so let's do the good and bad thing. So the bad news is the band that you had could not withstand the fire. The good news is that Beta Ray Brit dropped something that looks like a scepter on the ground. Okay. Good. I'm glad I didn't blow up the planet or anything. Uh, can I pick up the scepter? Uh, yeah, it is your turn now. A voice echoes, Do you choose the power of might or right? Right. And that is when you get a magical girl transformation. Oh, my God. As you have picked up Captain Britain's scepter. Oh, my gosh. And so you are getting a temporary plus two column shift while using this to your strength, uh, fighting, and your endurance. I hope I have the red, white, and blue hair like Psylocke did when she was Captain Britain. That was a good look. Uh, yes, you yes. do. And, like, it pretty much melts in, but you know that you, into your costume, so you don't have to worry about carrying it. But you can summon it out as you want, and so now your black dragon armor has Union Jack colors on it. Woo! I feel like I'm in a Alan Moore comic. Uh-oh. Oh, no. No, not the power of the British New Wave. It's me, Neil Gaiman. You thought I was gone forever. (laughs) I feel like that's what has to happen next. And, uh, yeah, so that's your turn. Nastir is very upset about getting attacked by a exploding nuclear bicycle. And is going to attack Justice Peace and scrapes across his armor. And he's like, beauty beauties can't cut through my armor, but I can cut through them. And pulls out the scatter gun and Nastier's head explodes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Justice Peace has rolled like four 96s so oh my far. God. It's amazing, though. Um, yes, yes. It might also be a slight problem, though. Uh-oh. Um, because, like, Sinister's whole plan was to unleash Nastier on the world and all that sort of stuff. So if Nastier's not alive, that may be a problem. Um, but that's not your problem right now. Your problem is dealing with Justice Peace, who has been getting very good murder rolls, and 
Uh, well, I guess solving everything else. So it's your turn, Jean. <sighs> okay. So with the, the Captain Britain scepter, um, is that just like an armor change? Like what extra powers do I get with that? Uh, you also have flight, which, I mean, technically you can already do that uh, at Remarkable, and you get the temporary plus two bonus that I haven't factored in to things yet, but when making fighting strength or endurance checks, you'll get a plus two column shift. Okay, and is the scepter a good bludgeoning object? Uh, yeah, if you want to pull it out, you are more than welcome to hit him over the head with I think it. I'm going to try that. All right. This guy sucks. Just roll for damage. Uh, roll fighting. fighting. With that plus two shift. Ooh. I roll the 15 with the plus shift. I'm still in the green. Hot dog. Uh, so, yeah, you hit him with this. And Romeo strength check real quick. Oh, and that is 39, so still in the green. Uh, what is your one-liner? My one-liner? Oh, boy. God, I'm trying to think of something. Uh, gaze into the scepter of dread. Ah. <laughs> and you crack them over the head and they fall either unconscious or dead. It's hard to tell what the amount of armor that they <sighs> have on. It turns out Gene has read a bunch of Judge Dredd comics. It's it's cultural osmosis. And like as Nestir sort of dies the or died, the flames have faded away. You saved me from the enemies. How may I Thank you. Hmm. Don't clone me. No. Okay, what do I want Sinister to do? Uh, well, really, you need a way for this universe to get disrupted so that the exiled team would need to be called in. Though there's also the other problem that now that like this universe has changed and the Exiled team had fixed this universe, it would be another universe coming in to fix everything again. So, I don't know. How do you want to, like, fix things so you get back together with Sam? Uh, how does time travel work? Um, would it be possible to have Sinister clone the dead last year and just... Uh... Do everything with the clone? Uh, yeah, they can do that if that's what you'd want them to do. I mean, you can also do a uh, reason check and ask me some more questions if you want to go that way. That's probably a good idea. Hmm. Time travel is hard. Okay, I got a 49 reason check. Okay, yeah. so that's in the green. So you can ask me one of the questions uh, from the list. What is about to happen? 
So Sinister has been exposed to, oh, there are Jean Greys in this world who have a lot of power. So this may have been the instigating thing that got Sinister interested in the gray line. So, like, as far as that goes, it's fine. They're going to try and do their future foundation plot. They are afraid of horrific aliens that might try and take over. And, you know, good lust for power and all that stuff that you need them to have. The downside, though, like I said, is having this team screwed up enough that you would be the team that is or that you are on the team that is sent back in. So, I mean, what you could do is find a way to confront them in the future and then you could pretty much do like, you know, at, at the end of Scott Pilgrim versus the world where he knows the way that the fight is going to go down when he dies the first time and then he just rushes through everything. Yeah. Like that is an option. But on the other hand, there are questions of consent. If you got into a relationship with Sam Summers, who doesn't know all these things that you know about them. Yeah, that would be pretty creepy. And we're just an adorable teen couple. It's the... At what point does Jean have to just let things go? Dilemma. I I mean, a couple guys are dead now. Yeah. From warring factions and you also may be stranded here if choir doesn't find the notes so you don't know when you'd be getting sent back so i mean you have a lot of questions here you also have a super scientist and access to a lot of technology hmm I think I want to try to make the timeline as close to the one I remember as possible. So I'll ask Sinister to clone Nastir and continue the plan they were working on. Okay. Try to put as many uh, band-aids on this uh, collapsed building as I can. (laughs) (laughs) Then how are you going to check that everything... Turns out correctly. Um, I could s- somehow end up going back to the. If I get. Do I have to wait to get picked up? I can't go back by myself? Well, I mean, you could. You just need to figure out a way. There is literally the remains of a time travel device and a device for communicating across universes. There, you now have the powers of someone who was able to rip a hole through realities to move through them. So, I mean, there's a lot of options here. Okay. So, um, I will try to see. I could rip through the reality to get home, and then using like choir's technology, I could like watch how the timeline unfolded. Right. Yeah, it's still creepy, but yes, you were able to do that. I mean, I'm not, like, an active participant in, like, Sam's life, but to just be like, uh, what happened? Like, Mm -hmm. 
try to get an idea if I did good. Uh, yeah. So you're going to try and get your way back to the Panopticon? Yeah. Roll me an intuition check to see if you can figure out how to do that. Okay, 47 in the green. Yeah, you are able to, like, start seeing these sort of threads of reality. And as you start to, like, open them up and step through them, you see the, like, infinite cosmos, which is hard to describe. It's sort of like if you looked at the stars, but there were like 18 more dimensions of them. And they keep, new ones keep appearing, other ones like vanish. It's almost a strobe effect because you're dealing with infinity at this level. And roll me a psyche check. Uh, ooh, a 75. So that gets you into the yellow. Mm-hmm. You feel out where your home is, where the panopticon is. And as you reach it, you like see it, this like pink crystal in space. And there are like hundreds more of these around here. And all of a sudden a massive crack opens in reality. Part of the panopticon just separates and falls off. And that's where we'll end this week. (laughs) That's good, right? Oh, no. It's always great when your base living in the outside of reality suffers a massive fracture. Thumbs up, Gene. Good job. Oh, yeah. Brian finds the Earth, now in the Golden Galaxy. The Earth, which was once ruled by clones of the abominable scientist Mr. Sinister, who ruled with an iron grip that choked the planet, had finally met an equal force in the form of the new Space Knight Corps. People who previously had never seen the stars through the smog and pollution of the continent-wide cities have seen the truth of the universe, that even these smaller forces can still make a point in the darkness like stars in the heavens. Labs were invaded, slave owners were killed, and rebellion still lingers in the air. With the chaos as his cover, Brian approaches the laboratory of the man he had murdered for selling his sister to the spineless ones. In his fury, though, he had left the universe without securing the target that he needed an advanced cloning formula, a key to the expansion of the Empire that he now holds in his hand. As he prepares to leave, a young man with pink hair and the fury of the phoenix within him, with ties to the world that this man had destroyed, and the worlds beyond that universe, says, Hey, what are you doing? So where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Ronch, Ronch, Ronch. Um, And when is this episode going up? Uh, This one will be going up uh, September 15th. Okay. um, 
since this is going up September, hopefully this is still running. Um, but you can find an original essay of mine about the movie The Bride of Frankenstein in the Called Into Being zine, which will be uh, funded on Kickstarter. And I'm sure when that's up, you will be able to find lots of links on my Twitter. So please check that out, too. And I am Luke, your Game Master. You can find me on Twitter at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. Next week, we are going to have Jen on to sort of wrap up this arc. And then we're hitting our 100th episode the week after that. Poor Jen. (laughs) Going to clean up this mess. Oh, I'd be surprised by it. Um... I've got a whole like blind man elephant going on. So there's that stuff going down. And I think only the readers are aware of like everything that's going down. Um, yeah, you can find more out about the cast members at exodpodcast.com where we have a cast page. And um, that's where you can find where to find Jen and Sam and Devin and even James and Bree. Uh, you can also back us on Patreon. There is a link on the website where, as little, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get episodes a week early. And you get access to things like the uh, early episodes and uh, where you get access to things like show notes and the backer exclusive episode where the party plays D&D with choir. Uh, we'll be back next week with the last part of this arc. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.